This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is The Last Laugh. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast. It's our last new episode of 2023, and I could not be more thrilled that it's with a comedian who I've been trying to get on this podcast from the very beginning, the legend herself, Wanda Sykes. Earlier this year, Wanda released her sixth stand-up special on Netflix called I'm an Entertainer. And now it has been nominated for an Emmy, a Golden Globe, and a Grammy. And those honors are so well-deserved because, as I tell her in this refreshingly candid conversation, I think it just might be her best hour yet. We get into so much during this talk, including how her jokes about trans women serve as a much-needed counterpoint to Dave Chappelle, how she is still processing the trauma of watching Will Smith slap Chris Rock from just a few feet away almost two years later, and how she's feeling about her comedy legacy as she prepares to turn 60 next year. Before we get into it, let's listen to a clip from her latest special, in which Wanda talks about losing her virginity to a man when she knew deep down it wasn't for her. And even then, it took me a long time. Like, I was a, I was a virgin until I was a junior in college. Yeah. And even then, I was just like, let me just get this over with. <laughs> and I found the shortest guy with the littlest hands I could find. <laughs> Two hands. Because I was like, you know, I ain't trying to have a whole meal. I was just looking for toppers, you know. Just do toppers. And he was nice. He was nice. So then I started having sex with guys, you know. But, you know, it, it never really did anything for me. But they seemed to enjoy it. And I guess that was enough for me, because, you know, I'm an entertainer. Well, Wanda, first of all, congrats on your first Grammy nomination for I'm an Entertainer. That's pretty exciting. Very exciting. And thank you. Yeah. What What do you think took them so long? <laughs> Maybe I just wasn't sexy enough earlier. <laughs> it, it's, it, yeah, it's just really cool. You know, it's really cool because... When I started, it was all always about the comedy albums. That's that was the thing, right? So now to finally have that 
out and to to get you know nominated it's like okay that's it's like the best well i have to tell you i've been a fan of yours for so long um i've wanted to have you on this podcast for so long um and i i love all of your your specials but i do think that this one is is exceptional um and you just cover so much in it i was rewatching it uh this week i had watched it when it came out originally and it just yeah it seems like you you really hit on so many things that have dominated the conversation in these past couple of years especially since the pandemic and everything um one bit that that really stood out to me this time and something that I, I've thought about a lot is how you really crystallize how conservatives are, are focusing on the wrong issues. Um, and I think kind of sum, summing it up as uh, trying to ban drag queens in books, not assault weapons. At the library, they even stopped the, the drag queens uh, story hour. They were reading books to kids and they stopped that. They said, well, a man dressed as a woman is confusing to kids. Have you seen Sesame Street? <laughs> I think if the kids can figure out Snuffleupagus, they can handle RuPaul. <laughs> Texas, they're banning books in Texas, banning books, but we're protecting the kids. Well, if you really want to protect the kids, ban assault weapons, that's what's killing the kids. <laughs> So I thought maybe we could just start there and, and how how you kind of arrived at, at that, uh, you know, way to sum up that issue. Yeah. I mean, I think like my my style or taste or whatever is I like to give like a snapshot of, of what's going on um, d- during the time. And and also, you know, lean into just the just the, the hypocrisy and just the ridiculousness of of everything, you know, that's going on. And, you know, it's like they, they, they go after these issues that they know uh, it's, you know, hot or cold, you know, and, and it drums up their fan base, but they really are offering no solutions that there's nothing that they're offering. That's, that's going to help anyone. That's yeah, going to make anyone kind of distraction. Yeah, all distraction. It's just noise, and and I, I like to try to cut through that. Yeah, um, you know, you also something that goes along with that is the uh, the trans issue that you talk about um, with the ladies' room and all that. Um, you know, I've had a lot of comedians on this show sort of talking about how they have gone about talking about that issue, and it's somehow become a very big issue both in the country and in the comedy world. Um, you know, with with people tackling it from different angles. What made you want to talk about it? and talk about it specifically from the the angle that you chose. I guess it's 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 trying to find that line of how much of of it can I talk about? And I, and I mean like as as someone who's, you know, not trans, it's I'm I'm not trying to go, you know, deep into the into the 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 the, the psyche and all of a of a trans person because I I don't have that. But I do know that they have a right to exist and shouldn't be singled out when they're just trying to live their lives, man. That's all. They, they don't want, no, who wants to be bothered? I think we all just want to be able to just live our lives and not be bothered. So to bring them up, this whole community as a, uh, a, a political issue, you know, and then just something as ridiculous of, of, of a natural human function of going to the bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like, it, it comes down to bathrooms. They really don't want trans women to use the ladies' room. Let me just tell you something. For anybody who's ever been into a ladies' room, there ain't nothing lady-like in there. 
If you go into a public ladies' room and it's clean, you better play the lottery, because you got lucky. I don't know what the fuck happens to women when we go into that restroom. It's like you can see a woman, she could be in, in heels and, and a fucking gown and a, and a tiara. But as soon as she crosses that threshold of the ladies' room, it's... I just don't get it. And also, it's all these people who are, you know, whether it be, you know, politicians or comedians or just crazy people, it's how often are you really going to come in contact with a trans person in, in your daily life? Are they really in your way? You know, if <laughs> it's something that they're, yeah, it's something that they're, these people seem very afraid of for some reason that, that I don't quite understand. I don't know if you saw, uh, this just happened last night while we're talking, Dave Chappelle visited Capitol Hill and took a, a selfie with Lauren Boebert. I don't know if you caught that. Um, and another Congresswoman and Lauren Boebert's caption was something like just three people who believe there are only two genders. And it was a picture of her with, with, with Dave, um, I don't know if he. I don't know if he approved that caption, but uh, that was pretty wow. rough to see that that um, yeah. that union. Wow, is is what what state is she? Oh, she's Texas, uh, Colorado, right? Colorado. Oh, Colorado, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Colorado. So it's not even his state. It's not no, even Ohio, no. right? No. Mm. So that was that I, was. Something. I mean, if I go to Capitol Hill, I don't think I'm going to. You know, I am not seeking out where's Lauren. <laughs> Selfies, you know, yeah. not- <laughs> <laughs> Let me get in a pick with Lauren. Yeah, yeah. Where's Lauren? Oh man. Yeah, I think you know whether it was intentional or not the 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 bit that you have in your special does serve as some sort of counter to, you know, Chappelle's anti-trans jokes um you know and you you said previously that you you know you thought you might say something to him if you ever crossed paths about, you know, what he what he's had to say on stage. Is that something that's happened? Have you gotten the opportunity to talk to him about it at all? No, I haven't. And you know, here's the thing. I love Dave I've known Dave since, you know, back in the D.C. days when we start started together. So, yeah, I would I would, you know, I just haven't had the opportunity. But yeah. well, the the, Gra- the Grammys could be the time you're nominated in the same category. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that would be the perfect place to bring it up. That seems like a good spot to do it. Maybe on stage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but you've in general been pretty critical of comedians who complain about that. They're not allowed to say anything anymore and and all that kind of stuff. Um, what do you think is at the core of those complaints? I mean, these are people who a lot of like Dave and others that you're, that you're friends with. I mean, why do you think that they feel the need to complain about that? Cause you obviously don't feel the same way. I, it's, it's, it's America. You have the right to say whatever you want to say. So I just think it's false when they say that they can't, no, you can, but there's going to be some people who might not like what you say. So it's, if, if you really believe in what you say and what you want to say, then I say, you know, hey, go for it and but just be prepared to deal with the outcome. Yeah. So I, you know, and, and, and to me, it bothers me when comedians say that, because now when you're on stage, I'm now I'm sitting as an audience member going, but what do you really think? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, well, yeah. There is, there is a strange thing about like comedians who then get in trouble or get backlash for things and say, well, that's not really what I, I don't really feel that way, but I'm just saying it on stage. But there is this perception for most audience members that when you see a comedian say something on stage, it's because they mean it. Right. I mean, unless you're doing a a character, you know, unless, yeah. 
but but we all know you're doing this character. We, right. And you're, yeah. you're not that same person as you are on stage. The sort of excuse of like, it's just a joke. Don't take me too seriously. It doesn't seem to fly as much given that, you know, comedians are talking about these big issues and giving their opinions. And so, I mean, yeah. How do, how do you think about that for yourself? Like when you are on stage, do you feel like you, you have to stand behind what you're saying, even if it's a joke? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure. Let me think about it. Yeah. I would say what I say on stage is pretty much how I, how I feel, you know, except like maybe parenting. I, I, I exaggerate in, in that area. But but even if I say it, you know, I'm I'm playing like I'm not hitting my kids, you know, but but I, I say, you know, I'll say something like uh, actually I, I, I've said it before, like uh, I can't hit them. They're they're white. I you can't go around <laughs> hitting white. You know? My black ass can't be beat white kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but, yeah, I, I, but it's not like but, you actually want to. But no exactly, one would no one would think exactly, that. either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Another comedian in the same Gram- Grammy category is uh, Chris Rock, who uh, his special, his live special that kind of responded to uh, everything with the slap at the very end of it. Um, you know, you were obviously there co-hosting the Oscars that yeah. night. What did you think of his response to it all those months later? I mean, he really, he made us wait both uh, till the end of the year and to the end of his special to to see what he thought about it. I, I, you know, I was happy for that guy, you know, and I love that he did it live because it's like, there's no taking it back, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He even, there was even one moment where he flubbed a little bit and you could see he was uh, he, something that they would have edited out, but they couldn't. Right, 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 right. But it interesting. yeah, yeah. And it's very, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was, it was very cathartic for him too, you know, just, it, 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 just holding that, all of that for so long and then just getting it out. Um, I mean, although, you know, he was touring with it, but, I, but from what I understand, some of it, uh, it was the first time him saying some of that stuff. Yeah. That's pretty wild to put. Yeah. Have you done that before? Put something in your special that you had never, uh, that you had never said on stage oh, yeah. before? Yeah. I've, I've, I've done that several times, if, especially if the audience is hot and you just feel freer to just, you know, it's, it's always like a, 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 a tag or. Uh, I'll, I'll find another, you know, uh, an, an, another beat or something. And uh, I, I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious with the, you know, with the Oscars thing. I know it's it's been a while, but with you, you know, you were there, you were there as a, as a co-host. Were, were there discussions at that moment about, should we go out? Should we say something? Should we go out? Should we, you know, sort of um, address it in some way? Because, uh, you know that you could have if 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 there if you had you know if you had wanted to in the way absolutely um you know we were yeah Regina and I just finished a bit out in the audience so we were going and we introduced Chris and so we you know I I was trying to run to my trailer and then when I got to the trailer like the sound and all I couldn't really get I said now I want to be in the room I want I want to hear this so I ran back to the once you realized something was, was happening. Yeah, and then when I got to the stage, it you know, it it just happened. So you I was were like, close, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "What did did he really hit him?" I mean, you must. We all at home kind of. There was a moment for people who thought it was maybe a bit, or we didn't know right. if it was real. But I mean, you as the host must have known. You would have known if there was a bit planned like not, that. Not really, not really, because yeah, because during the re- rehearsal, we just did our parts, and we didn't, you know, we didn't watch the whole show. 
So um, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know what was happening, if it was real or not. And then when Chris said, he just smacked the shit out of me. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> damn, that's 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 real. You know, I'm waiting for I'm looking around like, well, where's security? You know, like they had, they had security people walking around with us. So I'm like, where, where is security? Where is any, you know, what's yeah. happening? Did you expect, you know, Will Smith to be dragged out by security or? Man, I, are you kidding? It's the, it's the Oscars. <laughs> it's the Oscars. I don't care who I expected. I was wait. I thought it was going to be some big dudes and some suits and they were going to take him, walk him out. And LAPD was going to be waiting for him <laughs> on the other side. I mean, but, why do you think I, that didn't happen? It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. <laughs> but weird. It's yeah. It's just craziness. I don't know. I I mean, I I, I have no idea what I. But I I do know. Um. Uh. Chris didn't want to press charges. So I guess I guess it started there also. But um. But I was waiting for the you know because we because the thing is we were going to change into uh to come out in in pajamas then we say goodnight right so I stayed in my clothes because I was like waiting for um the producer Will Packer to say hey I need y'all to go back out and blah 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 but but they didn't no. want they didn't want that yeah no. I, mean, I I think that might have helped but, the situation in some did. way but, yeah but, but oh god he did. yeah. Yeah. It was the that doesn't look that doesn't that doesn't look good now either. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, of all the people to, you know, have an opinion about it, I don't know if he was the right one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it could have been maybe diffused by comedy and Chris was kind of stunned, didn't know, I mean, seemed like he didn't know what to say in the moment. Obviously, we, you know, we got lots of jokes from him later, much later. Um, but yeah, to have a host come out and and sort of address it, I don't know if that would have helped. Because it was just so tense for the rest of the show, right? Right, and then poor Questlove, oh, you know. Yeah, he got kind of yeah. He, because yeah. it's like, yeah, and he's torn because it's like, damn, you know, I'm about peace and love, but Will's from Philly. I'm from Philly, you know. Yeah, that was very so, complicated so, for him. Yeah, I'm so sure. he's like, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna focus on my project. I'm happy about my project and. It was just, it was crazy. It, it was, I, it was I, so I was, crazy. It, I don't I was, know. It, yeah, it, it really, really messed me up yeah. too. I think it somehow it just felt like it really messed up a lot of people. Like it was, it was traumatic for people watching, which is, it was just something we, we rarely see something that real happen in that kind of setting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You don't expect that Oscars. And then, and, and, you know, I know I got some crap because I was like, and when I went on Ellen, I said I was traumatized, but I literally was, man. It's like, I, I don't see, I, was, I don't see why you should take crap for that. I was at my job. Yeah. I was at my job and my coworker, Somebody smacked the shit out of my coworker. You know, this, I mean, if this was a Waffle House, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The cops were getting called. And, yeah, about yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I just, I just like by the whole thing, like what yeah, the hell? And and then wild. knowing that the whole world is watching. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, you and Chris obviously go way back. You, one of your earliest writing gigs was on the Chris Rock show, um, and. You got to return to the sort of late night TV world earlier this year, um, guest hosting The Daily Show, um, which I thought you were fantastic at. Um, Thank and it kind of gave you a chance to react to the news in real time in a way that, you know, you can't always do on uh, on uh, in stand up. Um, did you enjoy having a, a platform like that for the for the first time in a long time? 
accident. Um, I did. I really did. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and it, it's, it's a lot of work, too. But I enjoyed it. You know, it's a long day. It's a very long day. You get there in the morning and you go over the, you know, they present you with topics and you pick pick stories that you want to do. I mean, and then you you're writing the show. Welcome to the Daily Show. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I said, wait a minute. We're actually starting from Welcome to the Daily Show. Okay, you know, but it's it, they got a great group over there, great you know team, and I I really did enjoy it. It, it was a lot of fun, and and it's and it's so cool to be able to talk about something you know in the moment. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, that must be really cathartic in some ways. You got you had one gift early on, kind of dark, but that uh, the the diamond and silk funeral uh, kind of fell in your lap that first day. Yeah. I think that was a yeah, that was that was kind of a crazy one to talk about. <laughs> I mean, it it, it it like you say, it just fell in, it fell into my lap. Really, I mean, I, all you had to do was just play the clip yeah. of, of Trump <laughs> bragging about himself and and then trashing. Trashing the deceased. I, I didn't really know her. I knew. Uh, I know Diamond. Know, so I didn't like, really know Silk. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was just, just the best. It was just the best. Like, thank you, thank you for this. Oh my God! I mean, it's like Trump showed up to that funeral like Diamond's dead, but I'm gonna bury Silk. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's room for two in that casket. <laughs> Come on, to say you know Diamond but don't know Silk is wild because they're always together. Like, that's like saying, I know Bert, but I never heard of this Ernie fella. <laughs> what, what's his deal? Have you had any, uh, did you have any discussions with them about making it a permanent gig? I know there's just been so much speculation about who is going to get the job eventually. Is that even something that you would want if it was on offer? I have not had conversations uh, about that. You know, I I say n- no. I don't think I would want to do that. Um, but I say that like right now. You know, I don't know if who knows it, who knows. You know, down the road, if it's it, it, you know, especially with kids, it might be nice to be having to stay and stay put in one place and being able to. Well, this is my schedule and I know, you know, this is the routine, but then it feels like a job. You know, I'm doing comedy because I don't, I don't want a job. <laughs> well, you had your own, uh, you know, talk show for, for a bit and that was, was that? Right. So, uh, and I know, you remember I know what how that was hard like. it is. Yeah. I know how hard it is. And I was foolish enough to do a talk show while I was still doing the new adventures of old Chris T. Oh, really? So I, yeah, I was a series uh, regular. Yeah, so you're kind of split. Trying to split I, oh, between the two. It was the dumbest thing I've yeah, ever done. Yeah, that's tough. Dumbest thing I've ever done. Um, well, by all accounts, uh, Hassan Minhaj kind of had the job before that New Yorker story came out. Um, I was curious what you, if you read that or, or saw that at all, what you thought about, um, you know, that whole controversy. I, I did not uh, read the story. Um, I saw uh, some of his. Um, rebuttal or you know uh that that he put out and i don't know for for me it's it's you know when you start fact checking comedians but i we're 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 we're, that's that's to me that's just strange yeah it it feels personal you know it feels personal right yeah it feels personal like why wait a minute why are you fact checking comedians with with all of the stuff that's going on 
and or, you know, you're you're a journalist, but you're going to go after a comic. It, it felt personal to me. Yeah, I think it had a lot to do with, you know, the with the Daily Show aspect of it and sort of like the comedian, sort of like what we were talking about before. It's like comedians have become sort of like news sources as well or people who, you know, are trusted, you know that you go to for, for your news in some ways. And that's what the daily show was really about. So maybe that had something to do with it. Could be, could be. I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know enough about it, but um, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's not going to be him and it's not going to be you, who would you want to see in that role on the daily show? Is there someone who you're pulling for? Um, I don't know. I, you know, everyone, everyone brings their different take to it. I mean, I know, I know Leslie really wants it. I know, you know, Leslie Jones um, is fantastic. She and she's now come yeah. back a second time, and I thought I yeah. thought she was great. Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie's good. I thought Sarah did a great job. I don't, you know, who knows? Who, who knows? Yeah, I think they they tried out Leslie Jones and Jordan Klepper together, and I had a feeling that might have been something they were thinking about. But you know, I, I was sad to see Roy, uh, Roy Wood. I was always, always call him the, the boxer. I always say Roy, Roy Jones. Roy Wood Jr., yeah. Roy Wood, I love Roy. I love Roy. I thought he was all, you know, lined up to get it. I thought so, too. When I guest hosted and and he came on, I was like, should we switch seats? You know, I said that (laughs) Coming up, Wanda talks about hitting the road for her please and thank you tour this upcoming election year. And later, what is it really like to brutally roast Larry David to his face? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're enjoying this episode and want to hear more, please make sure you are following The Last Laugh wherever you get your podcasts. By subscribing to The Last Lap, you can listen to our episodes with other comedians whose specials recently scored Grammy or Golden Globe nominations, like Sarah Silverman and Ricky Gervais, along with everything else from our free archive. And you'll be the first to hear new episodes when they drop every Wednesday. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review on Apple and Spotify to let us know how much you love the show and who you want to hear next. Now, back to Wanda Sykes. So you have a, a big tour starting in in March. Your your next uh you know your next hour is that is that something that you're you're already working on now? Or you got material that you're working out for that tour? Yep, I was in um, 
we said I was I was out in, in LA. I, I did like a weekend and a couple weekends like Oxnard and Ontario, and then last weekend a weekend before last, I was in uh, Phoenix, and I that's what I do. I like to go go to the clubs and uh, and just work stuff out, see what I have, and I'm I'm in pretty good shape. I'm in I'm in pretty good shape. I'm sure like in February I'll hit a couple of clubs again and I'll be ready to go in March. And I'm I'm so excited about this tour. I really am because I haven't toured in such a long time. You know, it's like I no, I, I always do like dates here and there, you know, maybe, you know, a, a, a maybe two weekends in this month and then I, you know, quiet for a little bit. So it's it's been like, man, it's probably been over over 10 years since I've actually said boom, 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 you know, to just a real legitimate tour. Yeah. Are there themes or, or things that you're talking about that you're particularly excited about or, or sort of new ideas? Oh, um, I'm, I'm kind of leaning into greed right now. Greed. Yeah. In what yeah sense? It's fun. It's fun. Just, um, just how our, our, how like just our lives and how uh, just how we function. Just even even simple things as like we're all cashiers now, you know. We, we there's all it's all just <laughs> self self serve, you know. Just check yourself out now. It's um, and and that's 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 greed. That's corporations not wanting to pay people. Not you know, uh, you don't have to pay those machines benefits and healthcare and all that. So, um, yeah, just, uh, uh, just a lot of that. How are you feeling about heading out, you know, across the country in 2024 as the, you know, ahead of the election and sort of the political stuff heating up? Uh, I guess it depends on which way everything falls. Right. But right. Yeah. But right now, um, you know, I, I don't know how much of that people want to hear. Honestly, right now, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's like what, what I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm leaning more to like things that, that we all can agree on, you know, start, start there. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back to, to the basics. And that's why I think I'm, that's why I called it uh please. And thank you. Let's just get back to <laughs> basic humanity, respect for each other, you know, just some kindness. Um, and, and the, the, the the politics, you know, it's like they're it, it's they're they're really trying to scare the crap out of us with these polls and everything, right? And I'm like, but just look, just really look at a poll, you know. They're only talking to about like two thousand people, and these people probably have landlines, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a very specific uh, set of people. I don't have one friend or know anyone who's actually been polled. Because if you, first of all, if you see somebody calling and it's a number you don't know, yeah, you're not, we're not answering yeah. it. It's all, it's my parents that they're calling, you know, it's like, so are you, are you not as worried as, uh, yeah. are you not as worried no. as other people about, uh, no. about Biden and the fears no. about him being too old and, and no. all that stuff? No, all right. not well, that's at all. Good. I don't hear much not hope these days. So I'm, I'm happy to hear it from you. Well, I'm here to give you some hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, there is a, one of the things that polls have been talking a lot about is the that there's uh, this surge in support for Trump among black men. Do you think that's uh, that's real or does that does that worry you at all? Or do you have any thoughts on that? 
Uh, again, I don't know one black man <laughs> who is for Trump. I don't know. I don't know Apparently where they, they find exist. these brothers. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if, if uh, they're being paid or, or what. But um, I mean, I know I know there's a lot of, you know, I shouldn't even say a lot, but I know there's some animosity. If you go online and it seems like, I mean, towards women, especially black women, you know, a black woman could just just say the most, you know, mundane thing on a social and then you just get you must have experienced just, a lot just of that. jumping on her. Yeah, yeah. just just jumping on her for no reason, you know. And uh, so I, I know there's a lot of that out there right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I've seen is that part of the that there's this uh, they're sort of trying to drum up fear that uh, because Joe Biden's so old, that if you vote for him, that's really voting for Kamala Harris. And that that plays into that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, and what's wrong with that? I mean, <laughs> You know, she's qualified. I don't. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's like I said again. We're we're being you know uh, uh, fighting over the wrong things. Yeah. Well, you have that bit in your in your special about being a Democrat is painful. Um, that, so painful. That, so kind of yeah. It's uh. This is all all of the all of the worrying and the you know sort of uh, maybe not being as confident as as we should be is part of that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 painful. It's painful to have to uh, try to stick to the facts and, <laughs> and yeah, and, and try to you know and and to have empathy. Boy, that's it's 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 painful. It's really it's really painful. Because being a Democrat is painful, y'all. It's painful. It's like getting a wedgie every fucking day. <laughs> Just gotta take it. Kind of shit, but why do we have to be handcuffed to, to, to facts and reality when they living in some alternate universe? Just making up shit. Because you know, politics is just straight up entertainment now, especially on the Republican side. They, they, all they're doing is entertainment. You know what it's like? It's like the Dems are PBS and the GOP is TLC. <laughs> Man, I could watch TLC all day. That shit is fun. What would you rather watch? TBS News Hour or Dr. Temple Popper? I hope it's okay to say that you're uh, you're turning 60 next year. Yes. Which is a big yes. milestone. Um does that does those kind of uh, you know, big birthdays make you make you think at all about your your legacy in the comedy world or sort of like where you fit in the in this this uh, history of comedy. Wow. Well, now that you brought it up, I guess <laughs> I had to start now thinking about to. it. Damn. Thank you. Thanks for putting that out there. Um, yeah, it's not a bad thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just very, I'm very grateful. And, and I, I know, you know, um, it, it's, it's funny because I know when I, when I started doing stand up. My my aspiration was, hey, you know, what? I want to I want to be able to tra- travel around the country or whatever and play, you know, theaters and 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 and, and sell them out. That's what I that's what I want to do. And with this tour, 
you know, tickets are on sale and we're adding shows, you know, the numbers are looking great. I'm selling out places and all. And, and it hit me the other day, like, oh, wow, I, I, I finally hit what I really wanted, you know, what, what I said I wanted to do when I, when I started out. So, um, that, I mean, that, that feels, that feels great. You know, I, I, you know, I was like, tear it up a little bit. Cause it's, you know, because at first when you start out, you know, you got to get to the city days ahead and you got to go in, you got to do all the, 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 the radio and you got to, <laughs> you know, do the press and all that stuff to try to sell tickets. And now I've, I guess I, my work has, is, I guess it speaks for itself or I've people now, like they're just going to show up, you know, and that's, I, and I don't, I don't take that for granted. And it, you know, but it's, t- it's taken what, 30 years, over 30 years to, to get to that place where I said, uh, this is what I, you know, what I, what I want to do. Um, and of course, like the, the TV shows and all that stuff to me, that's just, that's icing. That's icing on the cake. Do yeah. you think that it's just like, do you think that you, you got there just with accumulation of all of the work that you've done? Or are there certain things that you, that you did or, or chose to do that you think really like helped get you to this place, decisions that you made or anything? I think it's, it's, I've, I've, I've been consistent, I think, you know, and I, you know, I work, I, I, I work hard at it and, um, I'm not gonna lie. I also think, uh, Netflix and, and the specials and, uh, and social media and all, I think that that helps also growing your yeah, audience. The Netflix but effect is big, right? It is. It is. It, it is. And you can't, and you can't deny it, you know? I know. And you, you almost kind of, uh, or at first you were a little hesitant to, to work with them, right? Or you, a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I, 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 you know, and first of all, I'm, you know, I'm an HBO girl. I started, you know, Chris Rock show and my, and my first specials and all, you Curb. know, that was the yeah. thing. Yeah. Curb. It was all, it was HBO. So, um, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying my relationship with, with Netflix there, you know, the, the, the Upshaws is doing well for them. So I'm, yeah. So it was, it's a, it's a, it's a good relationship and it definitely moves the needle. Yeah. Um, so now it's time for our segment called the first laugh. So I'm going to run through some, some questions, uh, about firsts in your life around comedy, starting all the way back. Do you remember the first piece of comedy that made you laugh really hard as a kid? So just something that Ooh. comes to mind. First piece of comedy, uh, Jackie Mom's Mabley. Seeing her on, um, I don't, I don't know if it was the Ed Sullivan show or or maybe Smothers Brothers comedy, but yeah, oh my god, she made me laugh so hard. She, you know, just I guess also because she reminded me of my of my great grandmother. You know, uh, just the, the way she dressed and everything, and uh, you know, just the this is the way she, she talked. And, um, it's like she was a, she would talk directly to the, to the audience, you know, it, where other comedians, you know, they would do a bit like they, like they were performing where she was just um, talking right directly to, to the audience, you know, do you think that yeah. influenced your style? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, the definitely with the, I'm not trying to be the, glamorous, you know, whatever comedian, just come on, just give it, give it to me straight, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is remember? hard for a yeah. lesbian to do, to give it to you straight. <laughs> <laughs> do 
Do you remember the first time that you knew that you were funny, that you could make other people laugh? Yes, it was. I would. I think I was in maybe the fifth or sixth grade, and there was a. Uh, we were having a, a a party on our street, um, and our uh, it's, it's it's a lot of like military retired military people. My my dad's in, was in the army, and um, the neighbor across from us, the Keeches, uh, you know, everybody, it was day, they were doing a lot of day drinking, uh, adults and all. And Mr. Keech, he, he was retired old, older man. He fell and he hit his head on the, on the curb and it just, just blood just start gushing down. Right. So, uh, gushing down. So, um, all the adults were like, well, geez, we're, how, we're, we got to take him over to, over on base to the hospital, to, you know, to the military hospital, but um, they were all, you know, a little tipsy. <laughs> and so there was one woman who was, who was sober. Um, she was like, I, I can go. She said, but I don't know, you know, where the, uh, where to go, whatever. And, and my mom was like, Wanda, go, go with her and show her how to get to the, to the hospital and, and get her in and all that. I was like, all right. So we go, we take Mr. Keach, and Mr. Keach is lit. I mean, you know, you could just <laughs> smell it, right? Yeah. So we get to the, and they take him in, and they're asking her, you know, questions. She she had his ID and gave it to him and all. And then the uh, the, the doctors, he, he said, uh, is there anything else we should know about uh, Mr. Keach? And I said, well, I wouldn't put him near an open flame. <laughs> and they they all fell out laughing, and... And, and I was like, oh, dang, that yeah. felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. Um, what about the first time that you actually got up on stage and, and did stand up? Uh, where was it? How did it go? How did it feel? What do you remember about it? Oh, it was great. It, it, everything made sense for me. I um, It was a uh, Coors Light Super Talent Showcase or something. It was a talent show in the... Um, in the you know Maryland DC area, and a radio station was sponsoring it, so I was like, comedy was a category, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down here and audition, and I did, and they said, okay, we're gonna put you on the show, and you know, never, 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 first time, first time, like you said, so I I do the show, and I get a lot of laughs, and uh, Tony Woods. He was also on the show, and Tony won, rightfully so. But the MC, um, Andy Evans, he's a, a local DC guy. Uh, he's like, "Who are you, and where where are you from? What like where where have you been doing stand up?" I was like, "This is my first time." He said, "Okay, we got to get you in the clubs. We got to. This is crazy that you just come out of nowhere and you're and you're this good. You you actually like constructed jokes. You." This is this is crazy. Um, but that first time I, you know, I just I, I guess because um, I was working at NSA at the time. And I don't know if it's because I applied the same, um, you know, method that you that you need to do a job to to this, you know, in, in my job, I you have to, you know, get your documents together and write. Blah, 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 blah. And, and I just did that. So, so I knew I was prepared when I went up. I'd never done stand up, so I didn't, I didn't know it could be, it could go awful. You know, I, I'd never been to comedy club, so I, never, I didn't know that. You never that. bombed before. 
never bombed before. So why am I afraid of bombing if I've never bombed before, right? So just total naivety. And I just get up and I just, I loved it. And I, the people are laughing. I'm like, this is the best. This is what I want to do. It, it all made sense to me then. This is why, this is my purpose. This is what I want to do. And then the next time I go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a common story. Oh, <laughs> oh the death. I can still feel it. Dude, I, it was horrible. Just like people just in the audience just shaking their heads. You know, like, yeah. like, like <laughs> it, this isn't even worth booing. I'm just going to. I'm just going to look at you like sadly and just shake my head like Mm-mm, this, this is not it. Um, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't sleep for like three days. I, I couldn't eat. I, I, I would actually get nauseous. And I just it was it was the worst. What made you get and back up after that? Uh, Andy, Andy Evans. Yeah. And he was like, so how, how you feel? I was like, I'm sick. I'm, I'm, I'm physically ill. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, Thursday is open mic. You got to expect to see up. you at the club. Yeah. Got to see you at the club." And I did, and you, all I needed was like two good laughs. I got two good laughs, and yeah, that's what keeps you going. Every the world's right. Yeah. Do you remember the first joke that you wrote that really worked that you could, you know, that sort of always got a laugh was consistent that you felt really good about? It was like you know, I think most comics when they start doing stand up we all become a little jerry seinfeld i think right observational observational humor so my my joke that that always worked was about those um you know that the the auto shake the cardboard uh the like they, they like windshield? sunglasses you put yeah. them in your windshield keep your car cool so i talked about the auto shake and i said i said do you know those things have uh instructions on them you know <laughs> and, and it, it literally says do not uh, no, please remove all it says, yeah remove auto shade before starting your car do not operate your car while the auto shade is in place and i'm like who is this who is this for who needs <laughs> you know who really needs to be told to take that thing out of your window before you drive it i was like can you imagine being on being on the beltway and you look in your rearview mirror, and you just see these big pair of sunglasses <laughs> following you. Yeah, still works. Still works. Do you remember the first time you met one of your comedy heroes? Uh, something, just a, a memory about about meeting somebody who you really looked up to in the comedy world. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it was. Um, we were. I think we we're all in L.A. and it was Chris, Chris's, uh, Chris Rock's birthday, and. Uh, his wife planned a dinner, so at, at this restaurant. So we all get to the restaurant. It was a pretty intimate, you know, dinner. So we're all at the table, this long table. And then uh, Eddie walks in, and everyone's like, "That's Eddie Murphy. That's Eddie Murphy. That's Eddie Murphy. That's Eddie Murphy." You know, so so Eddie Eddie comes in, sits sits down, and uh, and he's and uh, and I, I you know I say hello, and he goes. I said, hi, hi, hi. I said, hi, I'm uh, Mr. And no, I'm, I'm trying to say, hi, Mr. Mer- Eddie. Hi, and, and he goes, he goes, I know you. He said, you're very funny. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that must have felt good. It's like, wow. Yeah, that felt good. I I couldn't even get the grin off my face for the rest <laughs> of the night. I was so, yeah. Um, you've talked about uh, your 
audition for Curb Your Enthusiasm, which you did not realize was an audition. Um, what about the first scene that you filmed with Larry David for the show? What do you remember about that process? Because it's such a unique uh, show in the way they they make it, and you know, with, without a script and all that. What was it like filming that first scene? Um, well, the first scene was that was me actually out walking, and he drives by, yes. and then it's just the look I give him. The, <laughs> the, the you know, so you didn't have to do much scene, in that one. Yeah, I didn't have to do. I didn't do anything, and the, but this the. But the first like real, yeah, real scene, scene, yeah. Excuse me, was when I get to the house, and um, and he tries to like sees me coming, and he tries to run up the stairs, and I'm like, and I and I lay into him about, you know, what was that? What was that crap that you said? You know, about you know that tush anywhere? What is wrong <laughs> with you? And you know, we, we just go back. He could not stop laughing. We had to shoot it several times oh, because man. he just he just couldn't keep it together. <laughs> He couldn't That's keep a great scene. Wanda? Oh, you know who I am. Okay. Thought I had to turn around and show you my big ass. You completely, completely Complete misinterpreted what? that. I, I, I didn't, I was I didn't say you had a big you ass. You yelled out, hey, big ass, no, Wanda. No, I didn't say big ass. Oh. Just saying hello. I was just trying. Is that how you say hello? Uh, well. Is that a hey, big ass? Or hey, hey, assy? Hey, I know your ass. What, what, what is that? That's not how you say hello, is it? Perhaps not. So some, something about my ass has made you download it and you store it in your memory. No, no, that's not so. Oh, Do you remember the first time that you felt famous, that you, you you were recognized or you just, or you felt like, oh, I, I'm actually, I'm a famous person? Oh, <laughs> this is good. I was at the, uh, the, the Beverly Center in, uh, in LA, the mall, mall out there, right? And I was with my good friend, Allison Faust, who's uh, also, a, she's a writer, showrunner, but I think we were, I don't know what we were working on together at the time. Um, but yeah, so we, we were, you know, in, in LA and um, at the mall and Allison is, she's, she's from, she's from Compton. She's, you know, she's born and raised there. So we, uh, <laughs> these girls were kind of like, like looking at us, you know, these girls was looking at us and, you know, we go up the escalator and they were they were coming down and then they turned around and came up the escalator. So Allison kept checking it out. Right. We were going to a store and these girls came to the store and Allison was like, I'm going to have to bust somebody in their mouth in a minute. I'm like, what? She's like, no, nah, these girls, they're uh, they, 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 they found us. I don't know what's going on. Let me see. You know, just, you know, we, we might have to fight. And I was like. I don't fight. I was like, I, I'm, I'm just a distraction. I'm gonna tell you right now. I, I was like, I, I, I that's that's high school stuff. I don't know. I, so the girls start coming a little closer, and so Allison was like, "What? What's y'all? Y'all, y'all got a problem?" And and uh, you know, like, "What's up? What's up?" And and the girls like. We just want to say hi to Miss Sight to Wanda, and then I was like, "Bitch, I forget you famous." Damn, you know it, it was just. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you didn't have to fight. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, Allison, pe- people kind of know me." Yeah, but it was it was pretty funny. Finally, is there a story or memory from your career that really makes you laugh now, but was really not funny when it happened? Hmm. 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 I can't. I can't think of anything. Something that wasn't funny when it happened. Oh, well, it wasn't my career. Well, I was involved, but... Um, that, that still works. Yeah, Keith Robinson. 
Mm-hmm. I, I should let him tell it. But when Keith Robinson had his had his second stroke, well, actually, the first stroke was was crazy. He calls me and he's on his way to the hospital and he's like, hey, I, and you can hear it slurred. He's like, I'm, I think I'm having a, a stroke. And I'm like, well, are you in an ambulance? What's going on? He goes, nah, I'm driving. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing, dude? What? Pull over. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. So it was, yeah, it, it, we laugh about that now, but it was <laughs> yeah. not funny. That's not funny yeah. It was not funny at all. Yeah. How's he doing now? I hear he has a special coming out. Yeah, he's, he's filming on uh, December 19th in New York. I will be there cheering him on. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll so, get him on excited. this podcast and, and talk to him about that. And I'll ask him yeah. about the story as well. Yeah. Um, well, Wanda, this was such a pleasure talking with you today. Likewise. And, um, Thank you. And, uh, I've been a fan of yours for so long. And I, as I said, I think the special is fantastic. And I'll, I'll be rooting for you at the Grammys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has been great. I, I really love, the, love our chat. Thank you. Wow. That was really wonderful. So thank you again to Wanda Sykes for taking the time. Her latest special, I'm an Entertainer, is streaming now on Netflix and is nominated for a Grammy, Golden Globe, and Emmy, all of which will be handed out in the coming weeks. Wanda is also about to head out on a huge stand-up tour starting in February. You can get dates and tickets at wandasykes.com. If you want to support The Last Laugh, please help us out by leaving a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. We want as many people to hear this show as possible, and you can help by spreading the word and sharing it with your friends. You can find me on threads at Matt Wilstein and at thedailybeast.com. And if you're not already, please follow at Last Laugh Pod on Instagram and threads, where you can see photos and videos from all of our episodes and see who is coming up next week on the show. The Last Laugh is distributed by Acast for The Daily Beast, with audio production by Jesse Cannon. Our theme music is by Claude, who you can find on Instagram at claude.mp3. You can find this show every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. See you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.